That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to Sidework Podcast. We are so happy you're here with us today. I'm your host, Jocelyn Hughes. Hi, guys. I'm Andrea Wallace. I'm Brooke Van Poplin. Kyle's in and out today. Kyle's in and out. She's buying cars. She's doing stuff. Fancy lady moving up in this world. (laughs) I love it when you get like a nice RuPaul laugh. I love, I know when you're like, something's funny when I catch myself, I'm like, that was a really good RuPaul laugh. Mm. My life's going well. My life's going great. Shantae, I stay. Shantae. Shantae, you stay. Put the razors away. (laughs) Oh I don't know. Hey. I just went with it. I'm not. I'm not. She loves to rhyme. Edit this Folks. part out. Uh, so, Jocelyn, the saga of people not understanding a plain burger has continued. Yes, has continued. I I ordered a burger at this. Pub style place, and I said, you know, no bun. I said, I'm on this weird diet. I can't have garlic. I can't have onion. Just lettuce and tomato, with bacon and egg, because I can have as much protein as you know humanly You're possible. You're looking ripped, girlfriend. Thanks, man. You're like yoked. A lot of teen. I got a lot of teen coursing through my system. <laughs> so I order this burger. It comes out. Cheese melted into every crevice. The most melty cheese. More melty than American. Wait, and you can't have cheese. I can't have fucking cheese. They give you like a juicy Lucy. But at this point, I couldn't send it back because I. She was so kind. She was like the kindest person I've talked to yet about ordering and making sure that didn't have garlic or onion in it. So I tried to scrape it off, but it had actually melted through cracks in the burger. So I still ate a little bit of cheese. It didn't ruin me. It was fine. Everybody lived, but it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, come on, man. It's really hard to eat on this diet out, out anywhere but my own kitchen. I am I am feeling for you Did right you say now. no dairy or were you just like, is that really? Like, I said that- plain with tomato and lettuce, but I guess that because I didn't specify the cheese that comes on it. I but- guess, but I would think, especially in a world of dietary restrictions. Exactly. We're in LA. You would say... So just double checking, no cheese. Also, exactly. Correct. Yeah, because you'd think that would be a big flag, but maybe because I piled on all the other shit on it, she was like. And if people are like, yeah, "Oh, she's cheese. one of these protein freaks," and yeah. protein when people keto. are doing like keto, oh, they'll do freak. cheese or whatever. You freak! You freak! But yeah, it's Arr. it's it's been interesting because we're in LA, the home of dietary restrictions, right? And I've been kind of surprised at waiters being dicks about it. Interesting. Really not wanting to compute what I'm saying. And it's hard because you don't want to be rude 
And you don't, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast about being frustrated, people like lying about being allergic to stuff. Right. There's a difference between what I experience people ordering like dicks and me being like, hey, I'm sorry, this is going to be complicated. I try to preface it. I try to buffer it and say it in like the most concise, nice way possible. Make it easy. To make it it as easy as possible. But still, I get a lot of attitude. And it's like, hey, listen, I don't, I don't want to come here and bug you guys either, but I do have to have some semblance of a social life. So here we are. Here we are. I don't (laughs) want to just show up and eat a bowl of olives. Exactly. Guys, we've got some more server-submitted stories. Uh, This is from Rhonda Glover Post. I just started listening to your podcast because I heard it mentioned on MFM, my favorite murderer, and I am now obsessed. I just listened to the episode about being in the weeds, and I have a horrific story for that one. I am from Omaha, Nebraska, and if Andrea remembers anything about Jam's Restaurant, kind of a locally owned Omaha staple, but we just opened a new location in West O in the old upstream building on May 3rd. She's speaking your language, girl. Is that, uh, does that make oh, sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, Corey worked at the upstream. Sure. Um, right. 23, 23 years I have spent bartending, and never, and I mean never, have I been so busy or worked so hard in my life. Imagine a huge space, space trying to find competent servers and bartenders. The Omaha service industry is hurting bad due to so many restaurants and so few workers. And now, at age 42, I'm having to help all these 19 to 22-year-old kids that have never waited tables in their lives. For example, one, for ex- for one example, hilarious, we had a server ask the manager what a baker's riot was because he was the, that's what the customer ordered. He ordered a maker's diet. Oh, boy. I just got it. Baker's Riot, Maker's Diet. Okay, that was me inserting my own. Love the show. Keep it up. Thanks so much, dude. And that boy's ears should be cleaned out because it's probably filled with... Also, no one should order a Maker's Diet. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that is pretty gross. Here's the thing about this this old upstream restaurant is it's in West Omaha and it's like it's it's fucking huge. It's cavernous. It's two stories. It's by my parents' old place. Um, in Westo at Armbrust Acres, whatever, Omaha, drop it. But, uh, you have to run around up and downstairs the entire time. I think there's like three or four bars. I don't even, there's party rooms. Jams is a very, I would say Jams was kind of doing almost California cuisine type. Mm -hmm. Like back in the day, a lot of like crab cake burgers. Like they did like coconut chicken salads, like, you know, stuff like that. Good and good for Jams for opening up a second restaurant. But jeez, the only thing I'll say, which is so funny, is someone not knowing what like a maker's and a diet is. Because I think when I first was really young too, I just didn't know a lot about liquor. But now, let me play devil's advocate. Every fucking drink on every fucking fancy menu has a dumb as fuck name. So there probably is a cocktail called a Baker's Riot. Oh, I'm that sure that has like chartreuse um, and and. Uh, and Kashaka, Kashaka, I can't say any of those. And a whisper of bitters. Second server submitted story from at Stressin247. <laughs> hey, y'all, love the pot. I'm not sure if being a nursing home server who just made minimum wage and had to serve a thousand degree soup because they need it scalding hot. 
counts for hashtag stripper life, but that was my first job at 16. Yes, it absolutely it does. does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite story is the disgusting quirk most residents had where they for some reason love to shove every last bit of food of their food scraps into their fucking coffee mugs. <laughs> I don't know if they were thought they were helping or something, but I've dealt with hundreds of coffee mugs filled with horrific concoctions of leftover cottage cheese and meatloaf and probably jello and various liquids and God knows whatever else packed into, and might I say, extremely compacted into one coffee mug for me to scrape out with a spoon and dump into the trash bag as I bust tables. Awful. Shout out to Andrea. I'm graduating from Creighton in December. Yay, Omaha. Oh my God, Stress in 247. Fucking shout out right back at you. Good for you, graduating from Creighton. Go, go get it. Uh, it's a very good school if you guys nice. know that. Nice, okay, um, yeah. Um, oh my God, yeah, it absolutely counts. Like your first job and shit, what a weird, amazing way to like get a nice life perspective like serving at a retirement home, old folks home, nursing home. Um, my brother actually manages a kitchen at a retirement community in Omaha. Really? And like finds it super duper rewarding working with older folks. Like he really loves his job. I well, here's the thing: is absolutely, I think working with the elderly it takes it takes a patient personality by all means, but you shouldn't be scared to show some love and attention to our aging population by any means the way, but I mean, some people have a real phobia of it that they're like, it's just going to be so sad. And you're like, whatever the old people, the old women, the old men, like they hit on you in the cutest way. They want to know about your life. You know, it's really fun. You can just like crack off jokes with the elderly, like nothing. Oh like yeah, nothing. it's great. I do think the trend of putting everything into a coffee mug must have been like someone that started it, and it's then an and era. then everybody just assumed it was the right thing to do, right? Or they right because again, really different era, probably. I'm assuming probably a lot of greatest generation people scrape things into coffee mugs. And I are think used that, to eating maybe that's out what of they're a bunch of garbage mixed into a coffee mug as their dinner during the Great Depression. Yes. No. 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 <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. But I mean, like, so my my grandparents are both food mixers. I mean, they're both gone, but that's their era. And if it was just down to whatever was left in the fridge or whatever, like they'd just kind of make slop. But and she's saying no, I know the way that, into like the waste into the coffee. No, mug. I get it. But to me, it's still that whole compact thing. They would also drive me crazy because they would mix cereals. Ah! Interesting. That doesn't, you know. That kind of sparks something in me. It's like I'm surprised it hasn't happened before. I'm a purist. I just like the one taste. Like don't uh, put don't put like a fucking all bran in some like fruity cereal and like just cut it out. But this is what I want to talk about yeah. today is food waste and how much f- stuff beyond food <sighs> that restaurants waste oh, a year. It's so upsetting and I am so glad you are the woman to tackle this, Jocelyn. Well, this is right up my alley. I'm going to read some stats okay. for you guys. Lay it on us. billion tons of food are wasted globally each year, and 40% of that comes from restaurants. Mm. It's, you know, it's crazy. Okay. Um, A single restaurant can produce approximately 25,000 to 70,000 pounds of food waste in one year. That is so much food. That would keep so many people... Healthy and alive. I know. And 84% of the unused food just ends up being thrown out, where 14% is recycled and less than 2% is donated. 
But there's restrictions on stuff like that, right? And on donating things? Yeah. yeah I mean, there every is. organization, mm-hmm. there's, there's restrictions, but it's also, you know, everybody's lost uh, in our world everybody's lost the the consciousness that comes around everything that, that in our daily life. Mm-hmm. So you, you get a coffee, you put a lid on it, you put a straw, you pop a straw and this is what we do. I'm putting my car. Why would I put a lid on it? Why wouldn't I use a straw? It's stuff that, well, we don't do it because if we can lessen our waste, that's cool and not kill turtles. That's also cool, <laughs> but it's on, it's, it's everywhere. So Restaurants are tough because you're not the person ordering the food for the restaurant. You're not the person who takes the food away. You're not the person, you know, in charge. But there are still things that we can do. Um, and I'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll discuss that for sure. Uh, but yeah, in the U.S., food waste is estimated between 30 to 40% of the food supply, food waste. So <sighs> we waste that. I mean, if you think about... All of the stuff you buy and you throw away. Now amplify that by serving 500 people a night or whatever. It's huge. No, the, the numbers are disgusting and staggering. And yeah. it's, it's such like a, um, a culture of wealth problem where it's like, well, whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's no, you know, we don't, we have the money and we have the resources to just throw everything away and get new stuff and not think about where it goes because our streets are clean and our homes are clean and there aren't, there isn't pollution small I mean there is we're in LA but there you know you're not seeing like a cartoon chimney stack right, nobody, pumping black into to, like, the air hold their own garbage in their own backyard we're not a third world country we're not our shores aren't covered in plastics like they are in a place like India so it's 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 something I want to bring up because I think we should all, you know, try our best. And I, I'm trying to make it as fun as possible. No, I know. It's not as fun as like so many of the other things we've talked about. But if we can, you know, talk to servers that are listening to this and they can make a change. Or if you go out mm-hmm. to eat and you can make a change. It's beyond just the food waste. Because you might order something in a restaurant and then a plate shows up that's seven times the size you thought it was. That's not your fault. I mean, that that does happen. But Cheesecake factory. <laughs> Beyond that, you've got straws, you've got styrofoam cups, you've got all the, pl- the, the paper stuff that they put like fried stuff in that is contaminated forever and you can't use. So it's beyond that. Um, so I wanted to start with our own pet peeves. Sorry, I left this alone. I wanted to start with our own pet peeves as a server. Yes. My number one pet peeve <laughs> when it comes to this kind of waste is when someone says, oh, can I have the pickles on the side? And then they don't eat the pickles. And you're like, uh, don't order. Just say no pickles. Right. Say no tomato. You don't have to. You don't have it on the side, guys, unless somebody else at the table is going to eat it. Or, or say, could I have an extra tomato? No pickles. If you like tomato. If, if, is it that attitude where you're like, I'm, lo- I'm losing money if I don't get them, even though I'm not going to eat them. And that is like a really crazy psychological thing. I think, you know, my mom was just in town and we did this walk to raise money for Children's Hospital. And when you show up at the event, they're handing out T-shirts. And if you raise a certain amount of money, you get a hat and a beach towel and a bag. 
And I was like, I don't want any of that stuff. I got a t-shirt last year. I wore it again this year. How many t-shirts do I need? How many t-shirts does any one person need? We have to really has, start thinking about right, this. Who has ability to buy their own clothing. It's right. like, make all these t-shirts for people who don't have t-shirts. Well, so those probably them to a, children a lot of those t-shirts are going to go anyway. But I think when we're talking about like... A coaster or a button or a it's fucking... so much waste. That's what I'm saying. It's a like pen. Like Sabra handing out like little silicone packs of like plastic balls you can heat up or put in your freezer as an ice packet. It's just all this plastic poison waste. Like, and it's something to think about. So, you know, I love my mom and her mm-hmm. mentality is, yeah, let's get one take of it, everything. Take it, take it, take it. Yeah. And she's going to every booth and I was like, do you really need that? Okay, then you're taking it home. You're taking it home. And when she was packing up her bag, I was like, oh, looks like you forgot a couple things. You <laughs> put them in your bag. <laughs> I don't want another, you know, like, they have the dumbest shit, like a phone charger with a company name on it or a water bottle with a company name on it or a pen or a pad of paper. It's so much waste. So, Can, I, m- can I just also go on record sometimes too? Like, T-shirts are so rarely flattering on women period and it's like you know I've just had trouble with t-shirts most of my life they have to be a bit of a looser more feminized cut with a nice thin cotton you know because when you're buying in bulk like Hanes beefy tees and like the fucking collars choking you up to your neck and the and you can use it yeah as a kitchen towel seriously it's so absorbent yeah I think t-shirts have come a long way I went they to have. see Conan recently and I got I danced for my t-shirt and I want it thank you yeah, girl. Um, well, that's a cool t-shirt but it's a great t-shirt and it's the canvas brand and I, I was like eh, I don't know what I put it on and I was like well well hello there I mean I'm only gonna wear it to the gym or to walk or to you probably exercise or hike in but like even when I put it on, I'm like this looks very good on me but it's the thought of getting your bang for your buck so when you're in a restaurant people are like i'm out at special occasion maybe i don't know oh yeah i'm getting my money i'm getting more and more yeah so you order more than you normally would Mm -hmm. if you were just making it or serving it and you behave differently but we really collectively have to think better and have to be better about this because it's unnecessary it's so unnecessary could i tell you a pet peeve that i just recalled yes and i'm guilty of it and so are diners. So I'm guilty of this as a diner and as a, as a server. This would drive me nuts. Maybe this is further down. Being like, oh, that was too much food. Wrap it up to go, please. And then I Forget leave. it. And then I forget it. So now that food is in a box or a tin that can't be reused because my mouth was all over that food. And I basically just put it in a coffin for them to throw out when it could a have just A plastic coffin. A plastic or paper coffin. They're not recycling this shit. No. And so I'm straight up either trying so hard to remember it or – but it's tough, you know. But then if you're, like, just wasting food or – we just have to – we all have to do better. Yeah, it's just just thinking a little more ahead of every action we do. So, again, as a server, um, have you ever had anybody that's ordered something and then be like, oh, that's meat? I didn't realize I can't eat that. And you're like, what? How can you not read a menu? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had that? Like, oh, I didn't realize that had meat in it. Oh, I, I can't definitely, eat yeah. It. I've had the people who've realized, oh, I didn't realize there was like mushrooms in this or anything. Even though there's a full description of it. Yeah. Even like they've they've definitely ordered like the mushroom meat entree. 
Um, and they can't have either of them. And they're like, I don't know what I was thinking. I just saw Rosemary and thought that. That to it, me yeah. is upsetting. Like, ask your server questions. If you <laughs> take it from the girl who's right. got to like. Now, I will say, if that is sent back to the kitchen, it's going to get recycled. And that like everybody that works there is probably going to consume it. it. Going to stick a finger but in that for sure. Still Wasteful. wasted food. Mm-hmm. It's still it didn't need to be unnecessary. Made. Yeah. Um, the last one I thought of was when you order food right for your table. And the server, the the runner takes it out to the wrong table, and the people accept it. And they go, "Oh, we didn't order crab cakes, but we'll take it." And then they eat the crab cakes, and you have to order another crab cakes for the original table that was supposed to get the food. I can't tell you how many times that's happened where I am enraged, where I'm like, "In what world right. does a mystery dish that costs twenty dollars show up at your table?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, we'll take it." And right, because my whole rule is like, as long as you don't touch it and say, this isn't ours, there's totally that moment of going, oh, whoops, and they find the correct table. If you are a diner who is trying to steal mistakes, you go fuck yourself. Yeah, man, come on. No, the chef didn't send it to you. No one. You're not friends with anybody. Unless you're eating at, you know, French laundry or whatever the hell it's called. Like, you're not getting an amuse bouche that's over five cents. So yeah, those are mine. Do you guys have any in terms of like people wasting or or just asking for tons of shit on the side? Yeah, tons again. of shit on the side from yes, me, you know, and they use and, nothing, right? And because again, I think people, and this does come down to we talked about food psychology in particulars a few episodes back, where it's more of like a power grab in a weird way to be like, I need tons and tons of lemons, and then they just squeeze one. Lemon, or they don't even squeeze it. They just put it in their water. They just like put yeah. the slice of lemon yeah. in their water without squeezing it. That's my favorite. Or why? Oh, why does it have? Why is why is there like so much more plastic and paper involved when a kid's involved? Right. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that this is the nature of we have food codes in place where you can't fight it. You can't fight them. You have to keep it healthy up to the code mm-hmm. and please them. So there's just not really pushback unless it begins top down from the restaurant. Yeah. It's- Which makes me think of uh, now it's better, but in LA, when we were in a severe drought, that you didn't get water. People did not just put water on your you table. You have to request it. Had and to now request that's water. with straws. You yep. have to request straws. Thank God. You know, straws make you fart, guys. Yep. When you drink shit out of a straw, it makes your fucking butt toot. So, you know, Brian barely drinks out, of, drinks out of straws, but that guy farts all the time. He okay. Well, everybody farts for different reasons, but it's just trying to, trying to push people to not use straws, Andrea. But as a customer, mostly has to do with takeout. So, Ugh, don't takeout makes my blood boil. It's like a funny tweet, but this has happened to me so many times. It's sad. I've ordered delivery, and then I open the bag, and there's silverware for 15 people. Yes, and you're like, what the yes. fuck? Yes. It's first of all just me, so this is somehow insulting. But second <laughs> of all, you're delivering it to my home, my home with things in it. Yep. I've been. The weirdo who's been bringing forks and knives to work if I'm in a place that doesn't have a kitchen. Well, yeah. I mean, most offices have kitchens where you can bring your own stuff. Of course. That's all it, all you have to do is just bring your own shit. Oh, yeah. How many plastic forks do you need? Also, plastic doesn't degrade for 400 years. You can keep using the same plasticware if you happen to get one. My favorite thing is opening it, all the silverware, 10 million napkins, like for an army, and then two menus. 
and you're like, well, since I just successfully ordered from you guys, I think I know right. what's available. Right. What is wrong with you? I don't know. And now I have something to throw away. I know. Just keep all this crap to throw away. Still, where I work, because I work at a, a place where there's a menu where you know of services, and they walk up and they're like, do you have like a pamphlet or brochure? And we were like, no, you can just go online and look at what we see. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's 2019, <laughs> homie. Fucking wise up. The, feel outside. It's 90 degrees in Alaska. Like, shit's not right. <laughs> so let's say you order delivery or to-go, or you decide to take something home. When they set down a giant styrofoam container, it's like, do we not have stoves or microwaves? You're acting like we can't transport it, you know, 20 minutes to our home. It has to be piping hot. Can we talk about this? Yeah. It's fucking insane to me. Styrofoam is so, like, the poster child for litter. Poison litter. It's like the litter. first thing yes. that everybody is like, oh, this is really bad. Like, it does not break down. Before it is not plastic. recyclable. It is fully just trash. And when hot food is in it, much like not much like BPA-filled plastic, you are cooking chemicals right. into your You're food. You're just seeping that shit in. So, yeah, is it weird to bring a glass container to a restaurant and be like, could you put my pho in this? It is, but... Well, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, like, who cares? Be the cool person. And listen, we live in LA. We're liberal as fuck out here. We want to save the planet. I know that's crazy. I know. A bunch of so tree huggers. Insane. We're a bunch of tree huggers. Uh, meanwhile, again, uh, record-breaking temperatures in Paris and Alaska this week. Wait, what was the big ice storm in Mexico? In oh, right. There was the ice storm, and then it had been like 99 the day previous, and then there was so much hail. It was like four feet of like hail. the entire city shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, it might look a little fucking weird to bring your own containers places, but try it. I tried. I, I lived across the street from a sushi place. They refused to get to know me, but I would. I didn't like to sit there and eat, but that was my own weird thing. I was like, I want to eat sushi in front of my TV or whatever, but I would go in there and I. it took me several times to train them. I would say on the phone, no bag, no packaging. I was like, just the plastic container and I bring my own shopping bag because I think I've told you that they would do, so in New York, the classic is... Uh, Packaging with the food in it, right? Yep. Then you put a cardboard reinforcing strip in the bottom of a paper bag. Right, because most of the time it's coming to you on a bike. On a bike, and yeah. so they have to reinforce it. And then that gets put inside of one to two plastic bags, which are then stapled shut, jammed full of menus, napkins. Oh, like the little paper bag stapled to uh, the plastic bag. Yeah, then yep. the plastic is sometimes in another paper. I mean, it's like layers and layers. And of I would be like, I am coming across the street and I can transport my sushi, my cold sushi that doesn't need to be warm. And I tried to get to a point where, will you put it in a container? And that was just too much for them. But they looked like, I think I was in the computer as like crazy girl across the street Great. because I didn't want... 10,000 bags. And that's why I could not stand my roommate is because she lived in a mountain of trash. A little bit of a hoarder. Would, she was a hoarder. She had bags and bags and bags of garbage in her room that she wouldn't take out. I think it was a metaphor for sadness. Yeah. And, uh, but she, like we're full packaging. How many bags can I get to put around this thing? She had like two full rooms to put all that garbage in. And basically. they were both filled to the brim with garbage. Oh I would go in there when she was gone on weekends and would kind of just have rage sessions. Like if I was angry about that, I'd just stand in her room and be like, ah, 
<laughs> and just stare at the garbage and it's get really excited. mad. That was a little crazy. She'd get back and be like, I got some like really negative energy in this Yeah, room. yeah. <laughs> My but trash yes. is feeling a negative energy. It is negative, especially with all that garbage, how one person, you it's like you've just emptied your trash can and with one packaged meal you have delivered, well, your trash can's and fucking full. She's mm-hmm. like one of those charts that they do in, in PSA commercials where it's like one person generates this much trash in a year and suddenly right. you're like piled up on a, you know, a mountain of, of plastic and paper bags or whatever. But she was visually doing it and collecting it for years. And oh, so yeah. it was really upsetting to see. And so many empty two liters of Diet Pepsi everywhere. My God. Oh. You can request, I think on Grubhub, there's mm-hmm. a box you can check. And not all restaurants listen. So you can also put in special comments, no plasticware. Mm-hmm. Do not give me silverware. Whatever you have to say, you no can napkins, request. No, right. Yeah. Knock it off. Um, I actually bought cloth napkins years ago from Target. And I've been trying to use them mm-hmm. more often because you just... I mean, I live by myself and there's eight napkins. I don't go through that many you're not gonna before s- I do laundry again. You're not going to soil one to a point that you can't use it for a couple meals a couple days in a row. Exactly. Like, it's totally fine. Right. You're like dabbing the corners of your tiny mouth. Like it's, a, it's like you're wiping a crumb away. Right. Oh, no. It's, it's soiled. And instead of doing that with a piece of paper, you can do that with... Well, when people give you a ton of napkins, you take it for granted and you take the biggest wad and wipe your whole face off and it's just one little hot sauce stain on the corner of your mouth and you will throw away 20 napkins if they give you 20 napkins. Yeah, I think the most torturous thing you could do is like sit me in front of like an in and out like ketchup station Ah! and I could just watch families grab handfuls of napkins and packets of stuff and load their trays full of shit and then just dump half of that stuff back into the trash. Mm -hmm. That'd be a good torture device if anybody wants to get my secrets out. Just putting all this food in plastic coffins. Plastic coffins. Hi, we're plastic coffins. Can we get a suggestion of anything (laughs) at all? I think it was like three weeks ago that article came out that said, based on research, we basically eat a credit card worth of plastic a week. In just, Whoa, really? Yep. In our food, in our water, all the microplastics floating around out there, that's what we're consuming. Not to mention women's probably more because of makeup, like in lipstick you makeup, put on your mouth. Mm-hmm. Body wash. Mm-hmm. Shampoo. So much stuff. It's like when they used to have those little scrubbing microbeads. Oh, never. They've, yeah. out, never they've outlawed them here. I don't know if they've outlawed them everywhere, but they're just pieces of fucking plastic that you wash down well, the drain and nobody thought about that. And then fish were filled with them. So then you right. were eating the fish and then you were eating yeah, fish the plastic. Is, fish is basically 3D printouts of an animal at this point. I mean, it's like... <laughs> And so, and then if we're going and talking about reef safe sunscreen now, so everybody out there, if you want to go reef safe sunscreen, you want non nano zinc, because nano zinc is like coated in plastic, so that's minerals that are like have been coated and treated. So you want non nano. Um, I know I'm I'm going through a non nano right, uh, um, <laughs> but that's what you want because, and I think this is the way to think about it too. Is is like if it's killing a reef, if it's killing a living thing, 
What's it doing to your fucking body when you right. put it on it? Yeah. If, it's, if it's choking out a fish, like that's yes. basically with all an plastics. empty animal. And we just talked <laughs> about this full circle shit. You're we're 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 wasting and like dumping all this shit in the oceans, and the fishes eat it. Then we eat the fish, and now it's part of us. Hi. And then we're right. shitting it out, and we're fertilizing it, and making fake plastic trees. A great Radiohead song. Everyone um, goes. I an old one-eyed um, Tom York. Dumping some fake fake plastic trees in the toilet every day is what you're doing. I'm <laughs> doing <laughs> You guys listened to uh, other diners at restaurants when they're told they don't have, they don't they don't serve straws or you have to ask for one and people are like, like oh, um, what? what? But what you know, mean? that bullshit fucking attitude is the reason that baby boomers, A, ruined the planet, but also ruined financially any chance that millennials have for like buying a home, <laughs> being able to pay for I'm college. I'm with Jotham, thousand percent on this. It's yeah, all fucking sure. so that attitude. It ruined all the fun for everybody else. Like Don't my, be your parents. Of be course. more thoughtful than your parents. Change it for the younger generations, you guys. Like I'm, I feel like I'm ranting. I'm like getting no, so angry about. But it, but it's like prior to them, so it's like so their parents because right, they don't have to things, see it. They don't have to see it, but it's just so funny that it is like the way our parents grew up is when there was the packaging boom, which was a huge deal. And it was pushed on us as necessary when everything used to be bulk. Bring your barrels, bring your empty jars, bring your milk jug. The milkman refills your milk jugs. Glass. Right. And you're sitting here going like, what a disgusting way of life. And like there weren't highways littered with trash. Right. There weren't. And you used what, like you, you bought as much as you could use in a day. I think you're going on into that. But yeah, that, but that yeah. my mom was just here, and right. I can't tell you how many times she said, "Oh, that's what that's how I used to get my sandwiches." Because I made her a sandwich for the plane, I put it in wax paper, mm-hmm. I wrapped up a thing in a you know they have these cloth wax covered cloth yeah things Re- reusable now. sandwich bags. Get away from the plastic wrap, guys. Why does mm-hmm. it? Why do you think? Why do you think it's okay to use that and it's not going to be filled with chemicals? Like, people microwave their food in plastic with plastic wrap on the top. I'm like, what are you doing? What, how does put, anybody think this is put safe? Put it in a sauce pot. And you know what? Take I kn- a couple more minutes of your day. What are you missing out on? Facebook? Fuck <laughs> off. Honestly. <laughs> I think a lot of restaurants, and I know more and more the trend is... A, a lot more leaning toward like less waste, like lower impact. Well, here, I think yeah. we see that a lot here. When I go or, home, I do not feel that or see that. It's gonna. I think it'll make it. Well, hopefully, it, it, I mean, it will get there. It's just like when remember when they outlawed smoking? It was like 90, 1994 in California, and then it went to New York, and then it came to Chicago, and everybody's like, "Oh fuck!" And now it's like if you walked into a place like when I go to Vegas, I'm like, "What?" Is this hell and that I people to- can just smoke and blow it in your face everywhere you go? It's so bad. It's shout, wild. Shout out to everyone who has fully weighted tables indoors in the winter for a full winter in a full smoking bar. Yep. I do think that I lost a year of my life working sure. at Bad Dog, um, inhaling secondhand smoke five nights yeah, a week. It's real bad. It's there real are these places uh, here and other places that serve uh, seafood. They served, they served shrimp and crab legs and every, and then boils no. and, and boil bags. 
and everything you get is in plastic and every you're in te- like you walk in and you sit down on the menu with plastic you ask whatever they want you to drink if you're anything that's non-alcoholic or water is brought to you in a plastic cup oh with God. a plastic top and a straw and every so time well. you ask for a refill they just bring you another no. plastic cup this place makes all of these makes my crabs and pla- like double double bag plastic bags garbage shrimp bags. They then bring you a bucket lined in a plastic bag to throw your shells into. The tablecloth is plastic. Um, and then if you want, per request, you can get plastic gloves to wear on your I hands. Can't, I can't. I can't. I'm so glad when I've you, never been there. I'd lose my mind. It, like I ate one time and that's the only time. I've only been, I w- we went a second time and I was, again, I was like, I can't, I can't eat here. I feel too bad about all this. But I had like a really dark like idiocracy moment because when you we were all like this is too much and look into the window and it's just a bunch of dumb humans literally wearing plastic gloves oh bibs dig- also bibs plastic gloves digging into plastic garbage bags full and eating of fish plastic soup. fish mm-hmm. exactly and i was just like what kind of dystopian all, hell is plastic watering um it was. We were also really busy doing the lemon crab trick. To be uh, oh, to be bar, bar crab. Yeah, bar, oh, crab. bar crab. We'll share bar crab on the on the. <laughs> bar, bar crab is, is like best. what bonded me to Brooke because she showed me bar crab and I laughed so hard for like seven weeks. <laughs> she'll she'll put it on her our Instagram. I'll it's it my favorite thing in the whole world. I can't tell you how hard. Remember how hard I laughed? And then every time you did it, I like you came to House of Blues. You'd do it on the bar because it was such a long bar. Oh my god, I fucking love bar crap. <laughs> I, you know what? I if you take any, you could listen to this whole podcast and be like, Jocelyn's out of her fucking mind. Fuck this girl. You're gonna walk away with bar crap, bar crap, and you're gonna be a okay. A okay. Bar crap is the best thing that's ever happened to and me. P.S. P- like, here's 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 a bar tip. crab. Also biodegradable. Biodegradable. Exactly. Biodegradable. No actual crabs are hurt. Uh, you can reuse the lemon when you're done. And the napkin. And you know what? Tell your kids to put their goddamn tablets down. You teach them how to do bar crab. I kept a whole table of kids entertained for. 30 minutes with bar crab. All of this information has really made me happy. It's just interesting to hear everybody's opinions. So that's why we love your stories so much. That's Mm -hmm. why we love your comments so much. That's why we love your ideas. Everything you share is so awesome and it helps us and others understand the world, this insane restaurant world we live in. And when right and when you're informed and know like make a little list of like anyone can do five things, which is Get those reusable plastic grocery bags. Just be religious about keeping them in your car. Just yep. have them in your car, ready Prepare to go. Prepare for anything. Bags. All day. All yeah. day. Refuse those bags. Get the I, copper straws, the, the metal straws. Drink out of mason jars or BPA-free, uh, really awesome. Um, what is mine? Like a Not a camelback. What's the – anyways, it's one of Nalgene? those like, – I've got one of those. I love an mm-hmm. Nalgene and then another one that's... Um, clean eh. Canteen. There's yeah, a bunch a clean of Canteen, whatever. They're so great. You can put your hot, you can put your cold in I there. I got my Yeti right here and Yetis. I love Yetis. Um, but yeah, go get those bamboo, that silverware set from World Market. Also, it'll save your, you in a pinch too. You know, when you're just stuck in a situation with no silverware available, why not be the fucking cool ass person who's got... Uh, utensils ready yeah, to go. Yeah, put a couple, pl- get those extra, that extra shit you have, put a couple in your car, straws, put a couple forks. Like, I, my biggest frustration with that plastic utensil stuff is like, well, where do I donate? Like, what can I even do with this? In all honesty, I truly, I don't know. I sometimes take it to camping. I 
tried to donate it, put it in like lunches and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's tough. At Um, least get a reuse out of it instead of someone delivering it to you and you just throw it out. I'm all for reuse and upcycling. At least give it another life so someone's not going to get one more plastic fork and creating a demand for it. I think and also if you are looking to seek out restaurants who are trying to make Mm -hmm. a smaller footprint, there are really great places out there that are priding themselves on being more sustainable um, and reusing and recycling. And it's probably going to cost more money to go eat at these places, but you're you're more than likely getting a better quality of product at the end of the day. I love a place that's toward the end of the night out of something because they didn't overbuy Oh, yeah. Did I talk about this? No. We went to this barbecue place up by Sequoia, Mm -hmm. um, my friend Emily and I. You guys know Emily? And they had on the menu. We ran out. It's gone. There's That's such an awesome, refreshing thing to to see because the worst thing to do is, for me, is when you go to a restaurant and you open the menu and it's 80 pages long. I see a cheesecake, but also like a Greek diner where you're like, what the fuck? Having all of those menu items, there's a reason that when Gordon Ramsay redoes restaurants, he's like, you'll have four menu items because it's fresh, it's there, and you're not wasting, wasting, wasting. Um, so support those businesses. If Think twice when you're like, do I need this fork? Do I need this? Think about where you just take a minute. Everything doesn't have to be go, 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 go. It really doesn't. And if we slow down and really consider each other, and the planet, I really think you can make a difference. Let me welcome to the podcast, Amber Nelson, everybody. Hey, beautiful. Hi, Amber. It's great to be here. Yeah, I know. Out of the house. Oops, sorry, the fart chair. Here we go. I Every am time. dressed like a prostitute. And no. And I went to the bank with cash because I'm a bartender. <laughs> and they, I always get this like look when uh, women always kind of smile at me and men give a little like shitty, I don't know, they think I'm a prostitute, which understandably I'm wearing a black dress and I have lots of money. Right. Lots and lots of cash. Money. Maybe you should so get yourself a little bank bag so it looks a little more legit and you Ooh. just you push it through with the bank bag like you're making a night deposit. Interesting. No, I just do it in a cold, hard envelope. Yeah. Push it right on through. That says, like, sex money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sex earnings. <laughs> I mean, you may as well. Who fucking cares? Who cares? Let right? him think of a prostitute. I mean, that's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. I think I no. would fall in love. That's why I can't do it. Yeah, it's totally fair. No, I would fall I would in be- love. Right. You're just like Stockholm Syndrome. Your first John needs to be like, I'm yours forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to pay me. It's cool. We're cool. (laughs) Great. I'm just in it for the touch. (laughs) I just Uh, need someone to love me. Right, right. Uh, So you are kind of wearing waitress bartender blacks right now. Mm. You're in a lovely, you're ready. Are you working later today? No, I have a day off. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Well, want to start from the beginning with uh, first first ever waitering bartending jobs? Oh, well, I left home at 17 and Mm. I lied about my age so I could bartend. I said I was 21 (laughs) and uh, it was in Louisiana. So nobody got like, no, sure. Yeah, it was in the backwoods restaurant. And um, boom, there it is. There it is. Made a lot of money. Yes. What type yes. of establishment was it? It's a pizzeria with a bar. And there was all kind of shady men in there. There would be a man who, he was a lawyer, and he would have this little uh, police box where you can listen to the, the cops. 
And uh, police he, scanner, a police scanner. Oh my god! So he would pull up to the bar. He'd order a bourbon and had a little police scanner. And he, whenever there was an accident, he'd go jump in his car. Was and he a, then he's rubber stringer? Racket? Was he a stringer? I don't know what that is. Oh, stringer. stringers are people who they listen to accidents and they try and get the footage first and deliver it to the news station. You get money. Oh, oh. like. What's the like Jake a, Gyllenhaal movie? Yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler. Good uh-huh. for them, right? You know, but there's he, a market for it. No, he would, no, no. Hey, he's no. just being a sweetheart. I, um, he would follow the ambulance. Uh, yeah, and then from the ambulance to the hospital, there was like a minute window where they took the gurney out, where he would be like, "I'm here for you. No one else is here for you. Just sign this contract, and I'll represent you and Kate." And, oh, and it was an ambulance chaser. Yeah, and he just took way much more commission than he should have. But he was like, you know, being the first one on on the scene. So there you go. Oh, whoa. How he would come back and he'd get a bourbon again if he succeeded and a bourbon if he failed. Oh my God. It's like a fucking John Grisham novel. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And the owner, her son was in his thirties and I was 17 and he wanted to, uh, he found out I was a virgin. I was 17. He wanted to marry him. And he said, um, by the time I'm 20, I'll be too old for anyone to love me. Okay. And then by the time I'm 25, all my eggs will have dried up. Wow. He's a doctor though, right? This guy, I assume. Yeah. He's a Southern doctor. What a pig. I was like, what is this? 1910? Oh yeah. No one will love you by the time you're 20. But it is Louisiana. That had to have been such a mind fuck. Yeah. I mean, of course, like they live life so hard. Like, yeah. of course, by the time you're 25, you're going to look like 35 because mm-hmm. you're like getting blackout drunk every night. I need to stop drinking. I mean, I don't get blackout drunk every night. Yeah. And some nights I don't. I don't drink at all. Like yeah, I yeah. tell myself, nope, nope. Um, but last night, you know, Met up a friend with a bar, mm-hmm. had a couple mezcals. I love it. <laughs> that mezcal, it's a new fun drink for the ladies. Ooh. I love it. Would you say that bartending and waitressing was your way in, your ticket to get to New York? Was that your, okay. Absolutely. It was a way to just save money, mm-hmm. a way to be on my own, mm-hmm. a way to get on my own two feet, um, get out of the house and like better myself. Mm-hmm. I consider them skills. Yeah. Um, I'm very good at bartending and 100. I enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just helped me get out of relationships that I didn't want to be in, yep. um, buy my own shit, do my own <sighs> thing. You are saying something that I think we haven't crystallized just yet. Um, where I said in the past where, you know, I was able to get myself out of debt a long time ago. Granted, it was a very small amount of debt, but when you're a certain age, everything seems insurmountable. But yes, if you want to, my mom, this is her thing. She's, she's always been like, she's like, I'm not a feminist, but her whole life advice is 100% feminist. Yeah. She just, she's like, I don't like the word. Um, but she's always been like, have $30,000 of your own saved so you can cut and run from a man anytime. And you're like, okay, wow. mama, you know, now granted there was never $30,000, but just the version of it though is like, I'll just go get a job at a bar or restaurant and I'll, I'll get it together yeah. within yeah. a month. I'll have a fucking folders can full of tips. And then when I'm ready to drive out of this town, I'll pack all my shit into my car and drive it in the sunset. There it is. Yep. You said you were, you moved around a lot. You're kind of an army brat or no, they, uh, sorry. I know that you said, you've said in your standup that you were born overseas. Yeah. They just, uh, they like traveling and like moving around and they think that the next town will solve everything. Right. <laughs> Got it. One of those. Yeah. Okay. So you grew up in Saudi Arabia. I did. I was born there. I lived there seven years and then moved to the States, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, then Louisiana. Wow. Oh, they're like, let's do a tour. A Southern, crawl. Of- <laughs> a southern pub crawl of the South. Um, it's interesting because it, this is a while ago, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties and uh, life has changed. Like people were poor. They've always been poor, but 
they kind of got it together. Like Mm -hmm. poor people had vegetables they could sell on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And they, um, we fished and canned our own stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, and now poor people are like dollar general doing meth, like hopelessness. Yeah. And like these weird food deserts where all you eat is like the shitty processed food. Like, yeah. Well, that's the problem with a lot of Detroit, you know, Detroit, very different from like Southern areas, different type of like urban poor, like, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is, is, uh, the only nutrition most people get in Detroit is whatever you can, uh, buy at the gas station or, uh, uh, like a drugstore which is all canned, like raviolios and shit like that. And, and very much expensive, mm-hmm. like $4 for a can of they raviolis. They get overpriced, yeah. you know? So I know that. So there is this big movement in Detroit of like urban farming so that people are getting fresh yeah, food. Yeah, Chicago's the same way. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's I crazy like- though. But yeah, just to think that you're like, where have all these abilities and life skills gone? Like, is it willfully been ignored or has that ability been taken from i don't know but something's changed like society's really changed and the school systems change because i remember teachers my mom's Mm -hmm. a teacher and everybody in my family's a teacher but Mm -hmm. the teachers used to have um uh, they would design the tests, they would design mm-hmm. the curriculum and all the smart kids were kind of put, like if you're really good at math, you know, mm-hmm. you went to Miss Prejean and like mm-hmm. they put all the good math kids in her class and it was just mm-hmm. kind of understood that that's where they go and the dum-dums come over here. Right. And uh, now all the tests are standardized <laughs> and everybody's learning kind of the same thing. It's really scary. It's, it, it feels like everybody's meant to be um, an office worker drone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sit down, shut up and behave. Ugh, get that, get that 35k a year if, and have no benefits in social security. Ah, so you're doing the right thing by chasing the dollar bills. Yeah, chase it and like save. It's hard. The hardest part about bartending is not losing all your money with yeah, alcohol. Same night. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I will a little trip. A tip is I'll take. Say I made two hundred dollars that mm-hmm. morning. I'll take twenty dollars out of it and I'll put it in a separate thing and mm-hmm. I'll say this is for me to get a beer and if I want cigarettes or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is twenty dollars. It's just like. My time. Yeah. And yep. for those of you listening out there, that's pretty much what one beer costs in LA anymore is $20. <laughs> <laughs> one beer and one cigarette. That, that, oh, that's one of those combos they do at happy hour. One oh. PBR and one cigarette. $20, please. I do get off now when I drink cheap in this city where I have like three drinks and it's like less than 30 bucks. I'm like, whoa, I really got away with something. <laughs> Yeah. That's why I feel like a monster buying twenty dollar bottles of uh, tequila all the time, but it's like it's cheaper. That's two oh, it's so much drinks cheaper. at a bar, and yeah. that will last me two yeah. nights. Yeah, yeah. That's just responsible <laughs> I, I, financing. I really stiff drinks. <laughs> oh God, it makes me want one. Uh, we can we can break for a little tequila, but no, I don't. I'm wanna, good right now. I don't want to mess the flow. Right. I do like to get a bottle of cheap wine and keep it in my house, just, just for when I come home. I want a glass of wine. And- yeah. And then boogie on the bed. Boogie on the bed, baby. Um, all right. So will you tell us where you worked? You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but tell us. Winnie. Winnie come <laughs> hey, come she, your dog's come very on. sweet. Where I worked in New York? or Yeah. I worked at uh, Employees Only. Which one was that? That's like rated the number one cocktail bar. Really? Yeah. And the guy, one of my bosses was a Russian guy who said he used to kill people for money. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> now he just kills people with alcohol. Yeah. His name is Duchamp, and you can probably find him online, tattooed up. He's definitely like a rock and roller guy in his 60s now. Okay. Um, he has a daughter. I remember when his wife was pregnant. His daughter's wow. like, looks like she's 12 now. Oh, my God. And so was this a situation where we've had um, people come in and talk about getting cocktail waitress jobs, and was it very much like more an audition? 
Yeah, I mean, I was very young and naive, mm-hmm. um, but just very pretty mm-hmm. and yeah. sweet. No, I was going to say, you're a babe, you're tall, you got long brown hair. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I do feel like you- I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little um, puffy in the face. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't know. Alcohol. Yeah, I, I just got to stop yeah, it. Just hydrate. Yeah, it'll be fine. We can talk. <laughs> we can talk. What were your shifts like at Employees Only? Oh, my gosh. So from like 6 p.m. till 4 a.m. Because they'd open till till 4. And um, maybe you get home at 5. And I lived in Washington Heights. So I'd take oh. a car and it was really far away. Wow. That's like so you're, you're putting in like 12 hours. Yeah. But you would come home. $600 was a bad night. Shut wow. Up. You could make about $800. Wow. <gasps> Yeah. How many days a week were you there? Like three or four. Holy shit. Way to I would go. just have How money. old were you? I was 23. Fuck yeah, Amber. Way to go. <laughs> I just had so much money and I would like hide it from myself in my purse. <laughs> just be like, just in case I'm out and I want a coffee, you know? Right, right. But I bought all my improv classes with that. Wow. I love that. I love it. Cause I've never, I've never made that kind of money. I just haven't. Not waitressing. I, I also don't think I'm built for cocktail. Like I've just always really struggled with that. I mean, you definitely have to, there are men that will grab you mm-hmm. and you just have to politely smile and say no thank you sir or, yeah. or take it whatever you feel right um there's lots of harassment from uh, just everywhere i mean you're yeah. young and pretty and making yeah it's going at you from all angles yeah and mm. and to be what area of new york city was this uh east east village oh okay so yeah you've got all types and you've yeah. got i mean the thing about even when you're hanging out like the east village is very alternative or whatever doesn't matter if this is an exclusive place it's going to be banker all types, types. Bankers, yes. yeah you know putting their hand under your skirt all that kind of stuff yeah know, very trump a trump move if you will um now was this uh, like a pretty exclusive place to get into or could anybody just kind of like anybody could come in there but example like they refused to put a wheelchair ramp up because one of the owners says like um like people in wheelchairs they're not pretty are not pretty enough or depressing yeah (laughs) wow and that's a quote in the fucking new york times like i'm not just making this up yeah and so it was like mixology, probably like they were, they were probably like front runners of mix, the mixology. They the were the front runners. Scene. Yeah. They're like the number one mixology cocktail bar in the world, I think. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Like their bartenders would go off and do competitions kind of a Oh place. yeah. Fly to France and show, shake a cocktail and like, you know, flames behind you, like very showy. <laughs> How big was this spot? I'm just trying to get an idea. Um, it was very speakeasy type. I would think. Maybe 75 people could fit in the restaurant, and there was, like, a little patio of maybe 25 people that could fit out there. And, like, you know, celebrities would come by and whatnot. I have to ask, because we'll we'll definitely get back to your current bartending job, but... uh, In terms of working at a a fitness, like a gym or whatever, was it... reception sort of job yeah receptions check-in and that's a God. thankless horrible I job just yeah. gonna ask that that version of service industry has got to be i mean horrible next time you check in at the gym smile and say hello i always do yeah I, every time i go in and i say thank you Makes every a difference. time people are especially in los angeles crazy oh please this was go on right please, on hollywood yeah. boulevard i mean they would come in and like scream at me about how this one machine was broken and I was like lady I'm not in charge of this yeah he's like don't you understand my life is turned upside down because you're I come here because of your ad machine and this one ad machine you have here and it has been broken for three days now and you have ruined my life and I'm like lady I think you ruined your own life (laughs) this is not about the ad machine (laughs) it never is no it's never about the ad machine (laughs) 
Yeah, it was right on Hollywood Boulevard, you know. And was I, it a 24-hour place or? No, it oh, shut down God. around 10 or so. Okay. And there was a ghost because there was a cryo <gasps> fitness center. Ooh. You know, cryo, or sorry, cryo is like a cold chamber. Yes. And this woman, when the uh, when the gym closed, she was like, I'm going to go for a little cryo time. And then the chamber closed and she couldn't get out. And she died in there. And so when I'm like closing up shop at night, you could hear like, ha, 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 like laughing. Shut like, Feel that chill. Up, yeah, up. She's like, oh my god, that's amazing. Where do you think the ha 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 comes from? From like in her inner dialogue <laughs> of like, she was just trying to, I snuck oh, in some crap. Oh. Maybe she was trying to like warm up her hands. She was like, huh, huh. maybe <gasps> horrible death. I just keep going back to this vision in my head when the lady's telling you about the ab machine broken that you're just like eating a big sandwich while she's telling you that. <laughs> You're just, just telling you, you just take a big bite of a big sub God, like, sandwich. Lettuce flopping out of it. <laughs> yeah. Amber, I, love I would just love, I picture you blowing smoke in clients' face when they come in to check in. I, I would love to, but my boss was a Russian woman who yeah. was crazy. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't have any sense of like, fuck you. I was just kind of yeah. like, okay, ha ha ha. Because ha, ha. she would listen to all the interactions Ooh. and then come up behind me and be like, I do not like how mean you were. And I'm like, you're a mean woman. Wow. Yeah. She that's... was the worst boss I've ever had. She cut all of my hours a week before Christmas. Oh my God. She's like, I want to be the one to give the better, bigger gifts. <laughs> I guess. Well, she, there was like somebody training. So instead of cutting a little bit of everybody else's hours, you cut just all that's of mine. not Okay. She's a bitch. Oh, my she God. She got fired. R.I.P. that lady. I hope she goes in the cryo chamber when lights go out. <laughs> 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 Never mind. That's not a nice thing. To I say. was, because uh, I don't, you know, we're in a room of people who have, like, a normal attitude about fitness where it's like, it's, you know, it's like it's a part of my life. Like, let's let's hike. Let's do this. Like, I walk. I try and be active. And then there's L.A. Um, that different level of my body is everything. It's all I have. And I... I'm not around that energy too much because we're so like East and it's Glendale and, you know, people are a little more chill. But I was in a Trader Joe's and you could just tell super high maintenance looking like very fit woman in workout outfits was accosting a Trader Joe's employee who Aww. you all know they're all like, whatever, man. Like they're, they're just the most chill, you know. Yeah. And she's like, bell. she's like, I am sorry. But you keep switching the produce case around, and I am on a limited amount of time, and my sandwich is not where my sandwich usually is. You know those, like, sandwich, the roll-up? Okay, grab the and wrap, wraps The grab-and-go or whatever. And she's like, I am tired of this, and I need you to know that this is not acceptable. What are you going to do? Like, grilling him, and he's, like, holding avocados, like, ma'am, I'm just in charge of avocados. And she's like, well, then I need to speak to a manager. And you're just like, Jesus wow. Christ. She needs to get laid. Yeah. That's kind of been my attitude toward everyone in the world right now, especially Jeez. like, you know, all of these like, ugh, whatever, gun crazy people who think they are owed, all these men who think they are owed to sex. Yeah. You know, all the incels, all those crazy motherfuckers. And it's like, please, will life just bestow upon them consensual sex of some sort, even if it's a fleshlight, whatever it takes <laughs> to fucking jerk these motherfucking uptight losers Not off. every fleshlight. Whatever. I, well, I feel just like... suck the hate out of them. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, everyone needs a beach and to calm down and take a nap. Yeah. I find that men are more prudish about sex than women. Like, mm -hmm. I'll straight up just ask a man, like, would, you know, I'd like to have sex with you. And they, they, they don't know how to handle it. Right, because you're being the aggressor. Yeah, they don't... And they're like, that's not what... Porno taught me. 
<laughs> I did have one guy recently. He said no to my advances. He said I have to save up my strength for Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like because my life I, force I, will I, be dipping low. I, it's not a good Comic Con if I don't jizz in my pants at least three times <laughs> per day. Oh man! I like to shame jizz uh, at Comic Con. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That was a low. I was like, oh. So you took a break from like bartending, but now you're back. I am back bartending. Yeah. It was, it's hard to get a job bartending in Los Angeles. And there's a lot of people that kind of like they're new here and they mouth off and they're like, I'll get another fucking job. Fuck this place. And I'm like, good luck. And I haven't heard from them since. There was one, there was two guys that were fired for stealing and uh, they come back and they're all like fucked up on some kind of drug and like Damn. asking me questions. And I'm like, so you don't have a job yet. It's been three months and you are here and you're fucked up. So you don't have a job yet. What are you doing? Go walk around with your resume. There's also a lot of like not working hard in the service industry that well, gives LA a LA. bad rap. It's like, also yeah. LA attitude. Like you've grown up, you're a hard worker. Like you know that you have to do a certain amount of work to have the money to then work hard toward your comedy. And then LA is just like, whatever, I'll move back to the Orange County and live with my parents in our mansion. <laughs> yeah. And then or do you want to, are we allowed to say where you're working? Do we want to say? Sure, I work at Treos. Cool, in I Hollywood. Like yeah, in Hollywood. Oh, nice. Come by. It's a very good job. We need to yeah. come by. I've been oh, meaning to pop in. Yeah. Love to. So you're really close to, um, uh, what, is that right by, by the hotel? Burgundy Room? Yeah. Yeah, I love, I the, love Burgundy. the Burgundy Room. Yeah. If you ever want to go to the Burgundy, Burgundy Room? All the time. I go there all the time. I go to Mama Shelter it. all the time. Yeah, I, I like Mama Shelter. I want to go there more. I know all the bartenders. I get free drinks. There's cool Hollywood bars, like yeah. really fun dive. Like Frolic Room is really fun to go check mm-hmm. out. Like there's great little dive bars. Um, but Trejo's is great, owned by Jenny Trejo. He comes in all the time. He's a sweet guy. Yeah. He's yeah. like the nicest. And he's sober, right? Um, he? Yeah, he's sober. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to say that to customers because he's very sprite He's in right. his 70s. And like that's the reason why. because he's not drinking. No, totally. We just watched the episode of uh, Parts Unknown with Bourdain that he did mm. where he talks about where he stopped drinking and because he was in prison and then got out. But that guy's a fucking – what a life that man has led. A life. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. We no. can cut it all out. No, it's okay. Yeah. I won't get in trouble. I always feel like saying uh, nice things is never bad. That's good. Uh, but it, yeah, we can always, if you think about it and decide, you know what, just bleep it or leave this part out. Great. But it cares? is like You're a story he told himself on exactly. another show too. So it might, it's just us reiterating something he already told himself it's great. on TV. Yeah. Wonderful. I take a dump in the You kitchen. should watch that. <laughs> if you haven't, I mean, if you're interested, it was like right before Trey Hose opened. We just... Rewatched this episode. It was a Los Angeles one that he did uh, in two, 2018. I think Trump had like just gotten elected. But oh. it's a really good episode if you're a Bourdain fan and it just gives you the feels. I but am. Danny Trejo's in it. So it'd be a fun one. What to a watch. great way to go, you know, just in a hotel room and <laughs> just Paris. This is it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to repair suicide. find me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor repair. Um, but I work in the day, so I do comedy at night. That's great. And I make good money because it's like a local day spot. So yeah. Like, and I also feel like a sense of community. Like I know everybody in the neighborhood and like what they do for work. And I lie about, <laughs> you know, how much they've had to drink. Um, <laughs> what is your what is your favorite thing to make? What do you think? What do you think you're good at as a bartender? I'm really good at margaritas now. I don't make them oh, too yeah. sweet. Can Thank we talk you. about how Brooke is? Uh, she's she's a big old MB. She's a BM. She's a bitchy margarita girl. Um, she likes she's very 
specific, very precise. I'm sure you would. I guarantee I would like one of over Amber's the moon, make Marley. her happy. Oh yeah. And when people come and I like, I like to talk to people, you know, mm-hmm. when they order drinks and they're like, I don't want any agave or any sweetener in it. And I'm like, Listen, you're going to need a little bit a of sweetener. Little bit. It's really gross when you don't do either. It's really gross. And I'm like, please trust me on this. Just I'll make it for you the way. And then I do. And they always love it. But every time they're hard line, like, no, no sweetener. They always send it back. And they're like, I don't like this. And I'm like, yeah, because you need like a balance. It's just citrus. Ugh. Just citric acid. Just acid and bitter. Yeah. yeah. A little sweet in there. It's intense. And people should just trust you when you say, trust me, I've got you. I know exactly what you want. You know, but people are, and we are, we do live in a city where people are very specific about what they want. You know, that app machine is broken. Then the rest of their life is fucked. That sandwich, (laughs) not where it's not where it's supposed to be. And I can't have sugar. Um, So that's got to be a bit of a hurdle. A little bit, but I like talking to people and like Mm -hmm. figuring it out. Like they're like someone the other day, they're like, I want a vodka and like something sweet with shots. And I was like, all right, so I got some lemon and strawberry puree and some vodka. Let's shake that up. Let's make some shots for everybody. That's amazing. And yeah. Plus Trejo's is also like known for freshness, right? That's kind of their deal. Yeah, it's It's all fresh. Yeah. I like. Mm. Yeah. It's fun to make fun, inventive drinks like that too. I think when I bartended, I loved doing it. I was like, let me make you something fucking fantastic. And then they come back. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. And talk to them and smile and don't be a bitch. And then you'll have a customer for life. And then next thing you know, it's three o'clock and you're done. And that's it. That's yeah, great. I love talking to people and like getting to know them. I know a private detective. <laughs> he, um, I went on a date with this one guy who's being weird. And so I gave the guy, the private detective, the number to run. And he ran it, did a background check on him. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? That's amazing. The connections you make. I think it's really awesome the connections you make because people are just fucking people. They just want to, everybody just wants to connect to someone. Mm-hmm. And you being a bartender, it's it's a great it's a great icebreaker. I mean, sometimes it can be a little too much, but like when you make real true life connections like that, it's really rad. Yeah, and then you see people on the street and you're like, "Hey, Phil." Hey, Stacy, or whatever, like you wave. Do you live in Hollywood as well? I live. I, I take the subway to work one stop and then like, you know, walking around. Sometimes I'll just walk home. It's like a yeah, 20 minute walk. Totally. Because when you're finished with a shift on bartending, you're still up. Yep. Yeah. You know? So, and if I don't want to drink, I'll just walk home. Yeah. It's like 20 minutes. And then by the time I'm home, I'm tired. Yeah. Got to burn that energy. Like you burn the ice at the end of the night. You got to burn your own ice. <laughs> This guy comes in and he's being all kooky and then he gets a, a, the soup, which not saying everybody who orders soup is crazy, but every crazy person I've ever seen always orders the love, soup. They love soup. They love soup. He's insane people. So he gets a soup and a whiskey and I'm talking to him and then he goes to the bathroom and he says, do you have a plunger? I oh. dropped my credit card in the, in the toilet. Oh, no, he didn't. And I was like, sir... It can't fit through. Do you have any cash on you? And he said, I used to drum for Sid Vicious. And I was like, sir, that's not a form of currency. (laughs) (laughs) You worked for years. And then he's like, I wrote a song. I'll pay for my meal with a song. And he sings really loud in the restaurant. And we're all just like staring at him with our mouths aghast, you know. And I was like, sir, you're never allowed back here again. And I said, what you did today, you hurt me. You really hurt me because I trusted you. And Ooh. he got mad. He got really like through kind of a fit, you know, because I knew that you, you, you dropped you a truth them. bomb. Yeah. You, group, you dropped a truth bomb. Yeah. He got mad. I was like, you're never, I hope this soup was worth it. <laughs> and he left. You were disappointed in him and he got all angry because and of it. And you, you gave him mom energy. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Parental 
ooh, I like this tactic. Just you... very calm, like you really hurt me and like look them in the eyes. That really is effective with people. Yeah, just to be like, I'm I'm really disappointed in you. Yes. Oh I my had god. Such high hopes for this. But you've, you've gone and you've ruined all of it. So wow. you ruined it. You never now we're allowed. done here. Yeah, do you, you can't come back. Do you do this a lot <laughs> in your a life? Shame. You must do this a lot in your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. I think it's um, why don't you just go think about what you've done? Uh yeah. See oh you my later. god. That crushes people. And it's so simple. Just straight up mom <laughs> disappointment. Yeah. <gasps> that is, that's such, such a good tactic. Wow. Amber, I've seen your adventures on Instagram. I've been enjoying watching you explore Los Angeles and take yourself on dates. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, I was in an eight year long relationship mm-hmm. and I'd say about a year ago I left mm-hmm. and, um, I don't know. I have all this like energy. I think I don't, I don't want to just sit at home. <laughs> you know, I was, that's the reason why I canceled my Netflix and my Hulu is because yeah. I, I felt for years I was very depressed and I was just laying down and dying. And now I'm like, no, I'm up. <laughs> I'm up and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to live. Yeah. And maybe sometimes I do spend a little more than money than I want to, but like, God damn it. I'm having a great but it's time. Just you. So yeah. it's like, when it's just you and this is just me when I lived by myself and it was just me doing my own thing it's like you're like oh i have more way more money than i ever thought i would yeah because it's just me i do what i want if i don't feel like eating lunch no one's gonna say anything to me like i get these weird things where i'm just like don't question my alone habits yeah it works for me where where have you gone lately anywhere fun where have i gone lately what day is it today <laughs> well you you i know you i Time's know a ticking away <laughs> hold it's on moving quick there was a place i remember watching one where you said like a bouncer was kind of lame and didn't let you in and then you ended up at a uh like a mexican oh drag lounge. show yeah mexican yeah? drag show so yeah i go to this place and the bouncer's weird and he's like how old are you Maybe thinking back on it, he couldn't just find my age and my ID. But um, he's a bouncer. He's a bouncer. You should find these things. And then he, I was just kind of standing outside and he let other people in mm-hmm. in front of me, behind me, you know, and they went in. And um, I've been to this place before. It's fun. It's a fun little speakeasy. I don't know why they were being weird. Yeah. I finally got in and no one's there. And I was like, what? did they hold me to think that I was supposed to think it was cooler than whatever so nobody's in there and I'm like wait a minute I don't want to spend my money here I'm gonna fucking go and I'm like wandering the streets of Los Angeles and I'm like I'm getting older and (laughs) you know I life is cruel to women you know (laughs) and then I'm walking walking and I like to follow my gut and just kind of wander and then I see these lights and I'm like what's in there and it's a Mexican drag show yes and it was had a great time Everybody was wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, and it was a free buffet. Or not what? Free. Yeah, I think it was like, it was $20 to get in, but I was speaking to this man outside, and he was like, use my promo code to just get in for free. And I was like, huh? And I did, and I was like, fuck yeah. And I got a buffet and like <laughs> drinks. There were $2.50 beers. Wow. On. This was this was the universe rewarding you for following your gut. Thank you. To go to go look for where your soul needed to be yeah, versus you're like I just need a cheap entertaining date tonight and my gut led me there. Yeah, so wonderful. How was the food? Great. It was some kind of dip and also some like fish thing. I don't know. I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm and I'm still standing. I'm living. It tasted free. And, and then there delicious. was a share impersonator. It was great. Amazing. Oh, met all these friends, and they were all gay, gay Mexican cowboys. Please, please, <laughs> I love it. I like going to bars alone, pulling up to the bar, and like if I'm craving a Manhattan or whatever, yes. I order it. And uh, I, that's what I did. And then they were like, "Are you here meeting someone?" And I was like, "No, I'm just here." 
And they're like, wait, are you sure? Where's your friends? And I was like, I just went to Manhattan. And I had one. I was going to have more. But I was like, you guys are making it weird. Yeah, that's weird. But that's not an L.A. thing for a woman to wander alone into a bar and just get a drink and just be on her own. Yeah, especially in like an old Hollywood type place. That's how like Black Dahlia murders happen, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you get stuck in a cryo chamber. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, I, I really feel like New York was such... Uh, a normal place to be just like a bar was an oasis from the craziness. So, so many people were alone and would just sit at the bar yeah. all the time. And I here, it. yeah, it's wonderful, but you have to start uh, asserting dominance that you're like, I'm a lady who's out on a date with myself who knows what she likes to drink. Thank you. Yeah. And then put the stack of cash out there. Yeah. And what do I have like, to do? Put like coming. a fucking dildo on the bar to be like, I'm alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> I am alone. You get what I'm saying. You get what uh, I'm up to. A thing I hate is when married men talk to me and like 20 minutes in, they tell me they're married and and then they keep talking to me. And I'm like, you're wasting my time because I could be meeting a single man and go talk to your fucking wife. Sorry. And I I mentioned that on Twitter and there's a lot of married men. They're like, sometimes we just want to talk. I can't just talk to you. Look, I get to like flirt and I fuck you like for free. Right. Because I'm married. Yeah. That's what they want. That's what they want. I'm like, no, this is my time. And And we're at a bar. And I feel like a bar is it's not a work set. It's not a picnic. It's not a whatever. It's like people are 100% trying to hit on each other in a absolutely. bar. Yeah, we're I know I am. I, yeah, absolutely. If I, if I strike a conversation with a guy, I'd mm-hmm. ask if to go home with him, you know? Right. And like, you know, married man talking to me, another man sees that, he's not going to come talk to me. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here, Get married man. Get the fuck out of here. You need to carry a little spray bottle in your purse. <laughs> I do, like a cat. <gasps> do you want my do you want my bottle of um fuckboy repellent? <laughs> I'll give it to you. I really don't have any. It's really lovely. It's glitter spray. Oh, that's funny. And you I'm just gonna, spray it at a man? Spray it at a man. And the glitter won't come off. Yeah. And his wife marked. is like, where'd you get that glitter? Exactly. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, okay. Okay. I want you to wander the streets with the fuckboy repellent. <laughs> Here's a tip. Get, um... A way to feel rich without spending a lot of money, get a face mask um, bottle. So you spend like maybe five bucks on it, but it's like 80 masks. And in the morning when you get up, um, I like to put on a detox mask and then you just read for 20 minutes and then peel it off or wash it off and you feel really nice and lovely. I can get behind that. An esthetician approves of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's a tip. If you have a shitty old car and you think no one will take it and a dealership tells you it's worth $200 (laughs) and it makes you cry and reevaluate your life decisions, you can go to CarMax and nine times out of 10, they give you an easier price. They take care of all the DMV things too. So literally they just write you a check and you walk out the door. I have never had... A car issue, meaning like I have only owned one car, so I didn't even know that that was a possibility. But it truly saved. I mean, I I got five times as much as that. Really? So you got a thousand dollars? I got sixteen hundred dollars. Hey, yeah, from two hundred. That's what they offered me. Two hundred dollars to take her off my hands. That's a good tip. I was like, she'd make a better terrarium. R.I.P. Joni. R.I.P. Joni. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you like Sidework Podcast, please review us, give us five stars, and hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. At Sidework Podcast. Thank you.